Hello, everyone, and welcome to my first episode of my podcast, Elevate with Nassim Zamani. I am so excited. This has been such a long time coming, and I think that I have so many ideas and directions that this podcast could potentially go in, but you guys are here on Ground Zero, my very first episode. I want to talk a little bit about myself and where I come from and what I'm about and share a little bit about myself with you guys, my audience. I currently am a real estate agent at Sotheby's International in Sacramento. I come from a personal training background. I'm super passionate about helping people and empowering people. And for me, that journey started in the gym. And now I feel like I am helping people make dreams come true by owning property. And it's been an exciting journey for me. Uh, One thing that I feel like very nervous about is being authentic and showing my true colors because I think as we know society has kind of conditioned us to not be fully transparent and only show certain parts of ourselves that we think is acceptable to to society and that is what my purpose in recording this podcast is to really show my true self and I think that the things that we've gone through in life Um, if we're brave enough and vulnerable enough to share them with other people that they can help others go through those things too and so that's my intention in showing some of my challenges throughout life growing up I grew up in a um, an agricultural town Hollister and we had a small high school and everyone knew everyone and I was somebody who always cared about what people thought of me so I was I guess I was considered popular The people around me would say I was popular. I was friends with everyone. I was friends with the cheerleaders, the jocks, the punk people, the stoners. Like I was pretty much friends with everyone and my teachers all hated me. (laughs) I was the girl who was ditching and driving everyone because I had my license early. And I remember the only thing I cared about was being liked and having fun. And because I was smart, that kind of got me through high school with good grades and the teachers couldn't really say anything because I had good grades and I always showed up um, for tests and I always set the curve in my classes. I had AP classes and I overall had like a pretty good personality, a pretty likable personality. I think that's kind of been the theme of my life is I like to push the limits and so authority figures don't necessarily like that. But I also know how to uh, bunker down and get my shit done. So it's always been kind of a contradiction because I think that people see see potential in me, but they also wish that I did things their way. And that's just not how I choose to do things. I like to do things the unique way and I kind of like to think outside the box and push limits and question people. But it usually comes from a space and a place of growth and trying to get to the bottom of things and see if there's other ways of doing things rather than the status quo. So back to high school, I was very overweight. I loved eating growing up. I'm Italian and Persian and my grandparents always used to make homemade meatballs and pasta sauce. And I was always the kid, the grandchild who was in the kitchen with them cooking and my grandma and I would pick on the meat, the raw meat and my grandpa would get mad, but It was our thing, it was our bonding time, and food was always a place for our family to come together and bond and connect, and having three or four bowls of pasta 
meant that I loved the food that my grandma and my grandpa were making. And it, to me, it, it symbolized love and it symbolized, um, once again, kind of like people pleasing. That's also been a theme in my life. It, it made them happy to see me eat. So I always like overate. I think another thing that I used food for was to kind of cope. Um, I'm very sensitive and I can feel people's energy. So I think I didn't know and understand that in high school and my way of dealing with all of these feelings and emotions and other people's feelings and emotions was to eat. Because when I was eating, I didn't have to feel or I didn't have to process or I didn't have to protect myself. I got to just eat the food and zone out and enjoy my alone time. And I thought that was normal. <clears throat> and going through high school and relationships and trying to you know, navigate um, school and friends and trying to understand where I fit in, it was hard because I felt like I was always liked. However, I also felt like I wasn't liked in the way that I wanted to be liked. And so I think that had a really, like now in retrospect, looking back, I feel like I struggled a lot with my self-confidence, but I didn't know that because I was such a confident person. And a story I always like to tell friends when I'm reflecting on high school years was I would go to parties in high school and I was always invited to the parties by different groups of people because like I said, I knew everyone and everyone seemed to like me, but I always remember I'd come home after the parties and I wasn't one who got like really drunk cause I always drove and I, I liked driving. So I was more responsible. Um, I would always come home alone and I was in a very pretty strict household. So I always had to come home early and I'd come home and the whole night my friends, my girlfriends would be like flirting with boys and boys would be flirting with them. And I remember coming home alone and I remember thinking like, these guys are so stupid. They don't see my value. They don't see my worth. And it always, it hurt. But at the same time, my confidence, my self-worth was so high at that time. Like I would look myself in the mirror in the eyes and I would tell myself like, you are beautiful and like you have such a light and if these men or at the time, these boys can't see that, then they are missing out. And one day they will realize like the mistake that they made for not thinking that you're something worth having. And I'll always remember that conversation I'd have with myself because as the years went on and I went to college, I that, that went away and my self-worth and my confidence completely disappeared. And I started to find my validation through the eyes of men and through the eyes of um, being wanted as a girlfriend or as a partner, as a wife. And so fast forward to college. And to be honest, this podcast, my intention is not for it to be about any one specific thing, but I think it's important to know where you come from and why you why I am the way I am and where my strength come from strength comes from and in college I'll never forget um one one weekend we went away for my birthday to Tahoe and we went to this really cool party and back then I I did smoke weed and you know I partied pretty hard my first year of college and my friends and I were so high and 
we went, it was my birthday, we went to this party. It was this beautiful condo, like cool cars were parked and I didn't really even know whose party it was. And I'll never forget, this is the most pivotal moment in my life in terms of health and fitness. We went up to the door and it was a few guy friends and like five or six girlfriends. And the people, the guys opened the door who were hosting the party and they literally said, you guys can all come in, but the fat girl is not invited to come inside. And I remember, like, I heard what they said, but I pretended like I didn't hear. And I, I was like, wait, what's going on? And my friends were trying to protect me. So they were like, let's just not go to this party. Like, it doesn't seem fun. Like, let's go get a hotel room. And so we, they all came with me. Like, none of them went to the party, which I felt was, like, really supportive. And I'll never forget, I cried myself to sleep that night. We never talked about it. It was never expressed within the group. But like, that was literally the changing point of my life. Like I was 19. It was my 19th birthday. The next day, I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking cold turkey. And I completely changed all of my habits. I went to the gym at Davis like every single day. And... I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew I never wanted to be that fat girl again. Like I never wanted somebody to be able to tell me I can't do something because of my weight. And so that was such a huge moment in my life because I feel like at that moment, I almost, even though it was such a driving force and a positive change of my life, it was also hurtful and it was also geared towards someone else's validation of me. And I have to admit that since that point a lot of drivers in my life and have been based on what other people think of me and I think this podcast is a is another changing point in my life because I just don't want to do that anymore I want I think I have a lot to offer and I think that my life experiences can hopefully empower or inspire other people and I just don't want to hide certain parts of myself anymore because of what other people will perceive as my worth based on those things. So I became pretty healthy and uh, you know like I said I didn't know what I was doing so I just would go to the gym and I'd eat salad that was the only thing I knew and that was in April of my birthday and then that summer I went home And I, my parents were so supportive. My mom actually got me a trainer and that trainer helped teach me about nutrition and the right things to eat. She taught me about lifting weights and she taught me about cardio and um, her name is Jill. She knows, um, she knows that she changed my life. Every time I go back home and I see her in the grocery store, she's always so excited to see me. And she's like, I cannot believe you changed your life. Like it's, it always just amazes her and it's just a great feeling to know that um, I actually changed my life, you know, my lifestyle and my health and my fitness for the rest of time. So fast forward, uh, (laughs) I graduated Davis, I moved to Washington DC and I worked at the Capitol for a little bit. I was going to work for the Department of State. I took the foreign service exam and that did not work out. I failed it and that was a huge disappointment for me and my family because I had gone to college at UC Davis in the hopes of working for the um, government, the federal government, and I think that was the first time I ever failed at anything in my life 
and it was a really hard hit for my ego. So I made the tough decision to move back home with my parents and that was like a pretty depressing time in my life. You know, a college graduate, I had lived with friends and I had lived in DC and I had been on my own and making the choice to move back home was really hard for me. But I found CrossFit. So in my hometown, I started doing CrossFit and that was another pivotal moment in my life because CrossFit gave me community. It gave me a reason to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and go to the gym. It gave me confidence that I could lift heavy weight that I never thought in a million years I could do. I saw my body be able to do things that I never imagined I could ever do and I just became obsessed with it. And I would go to the 5.30 a.m. class with all the adults, then I'd go to an eight-hour eight workday and I worked in San Jose, so I had a one-hour commute I'd drive all the way back home and then I would do a second CrossFit class and I was just wrecking my body because I just loved it so much. And it was my therapy. It was my, it, it, my coping mechanism went from food to working out and my poor body wasn't ready for that. And so I was starting to notice that I would have like injuries or things would hurt and I would just push be pushing my body so hard that it was basically telling me like this is not this is not working for us and so I decided to take out a loan by myself and put myself back through school for kinesiology and nutrition as well as business sales to become a personal trainer and this was not an ideal situation for my parents my dad immigrated from Iran and you know he has his degree and he expected me to go to college, be a lawyer, get my master's degree. You know, he, he had a, a vision of what my life was supposed to be and I just was nothing like what he expressed his vision for my life would be. And I think that was the first time I made a decision to do things for myself that was so scary but I just knew I had to do it and that was another really hard time and I'll get into more details in the future but I had to everyone thought I was crazy nobody I was I made that decision literally by myself my mom asked me not to do it everyone my friends thought I was crazy the people I worked with thought I was crazy like nobody understood what I was doing and I just did it anyways. And it was the best thing I ever did. I loved going to school. I kept going to CrossFit while I was learning about the body. And then I got a job at the gym where I met so many friends who I still talk to. And I have the best relationships from my gym friends that I met at 24 Hour Fitness in San Mateo, the little gym that does not exist anymore. And that was a very transformative time in my life also because I learned how hard it was to not have support but my whole life my parents were so supportive they supported me financially they supported me with my choices and this was the first time in my life where they kind of turned their back on me to be honest because they didn't agree with the decisions I was making and I totally understand from a parent's perspective why they did that but I just knew I had to do this it was just this inner knowing of 
making this decision to help people to learn about the body and to become a personal trainer, I cannot to this day describe it. It was just something that I knew I had to do. And it took me so far. I, I gained clients. I was a fitness manager at, at a pretty high producing gym. They wanted to push me up to corporate very quickly within six months of getting my personal training license. And I was basically working my way up the corporate ladder, I guess you could say. But when I got to the corporate situation, I saw how corrupt it was. Like there was, it was mostly men in the fitness industry. They were not paying properly. It was a boys club, so to speak. It was all politics. Like there were sleazy people that were in power positions. And I just really had to ask myself if that's the life that I wanted to live. I had gone through all of these challenges to get to a place where I wanted to help empower people. But yet I felt like I was taking on something that I would constantly be having to push my own morals and values aside. And I was just not willing to do that, especially for the amount they were willing to pay. So I decided to start my own business and that's how I became an entrepreneur. And that part of my life was something that I thought was the scariest part of my life because when you're in a comfortable job and you're getting paid and you have benefits and you know where your paycheck's coming from and you kind of have an idea of what your trajectory is, you feel safe and you feel like you are not vulnerable and you feel like you have a company who's supporting your lifestyle. And so to be able to take a step away from that comfort, oh my God, was the scariest thing. I thought all the other things I had done were scary, but now I was met with this new decision to kind of take a leap of faith on myself. And I started getting into the creative process of getting my own website, creating my own brand, getting an LLC. And I just fell in love with the creative process of starting my own brand. And I think I, in all honesty, most entrepreneurs will tell you the first business you start is not done the best way. I went about it head first. I just jumped right in and I probably didn't take the time to research and know and understand the ins and outs of running a business. No one ever taught me. I just kind of figured it out on my own. But that was a huge learning lesson. Started my own personal training business, took all of my clients. I was making so much money that I had never made before. Um, and I didn't really know how to allocate it properly. I didn't know how to budget. I didn't know how to invest. I didn't know any of the things that are important when starting a business in order to be successful in the long run. And so that's when my traveling started. I <laughs> traveled everywhere. I've been to Costa Rica, Greece, Italy. Um, so many, I've met so many cool people and traveled so many places from those initial years of personal training because I had such high cash flow and I didn't really have too many expenses at that point. And I didn't really know what I should have been doing with that money. So I had so many wonderful experiences and I'm so grateful for that time in my life. And personal training taught me so much about people and I had the most amazing clients who are so smart and they were so supportive and loyal and they taught me so much about life and I'm so grateful for them. And then the pandemic hit. So I was, you know, training in a private studio 
COVID happened, the studio completely shut down. So going from being having such a lucrative business and being so excited about the future, I had started an apparel line. I was selling apparel online. Um, I was starting to expand into networking and like entrepreneurial coaching. And I just had this bright future ahead of me. And then it felt like COVID just slammed the door in my face. All of those years of work of building slowly and trying to understand how I could make my business multifaceted. And then it felt like everything was lost. Um, but I mean, that's life, right? You have to be flexible, especially when you're an entrepreneur. So I decided to take my business completely virtual. I let all of my clients know that I would be continuing my business, but that it would be all online. And they all stayed with me. I was full-time trainer for two years, all virtual. My clients moved out of the state. They changed jobs. I moved and through that process, my personal training business was able to flourish and it was able to fund my moving to the Sacramento area. So I moved to Folsom in 2019. And in 2019, that's when I really began my spiritual journey. And I really kind of took a step away from society and all the pressures of, uh, you know, that I spoke about earlier in terms of having a boyfriend, getting married, having kids, buying a house, doing all of the conventional societal things. I was able to step away from that and really find myself and my true center and try to figure out what was my compass and what were the things that I wanted for my life and how could I serve other people in a way that was authentic and true to myself. Because although I loved personal training, it, I knew it wasn't my end all be all. I knew I was meant to do more and I knew I was meant to inspire and lead people on a little bit of a wider scale than just one-on-one. -on -one but I didn't really know or understand what that meant and at what capacity I was meant to do that. So taking that break in 2019 and really just focusing on my inner self and learning to connect with my intuition and be learning to be more feminine and creative and going with the flow and doing yoga and doing things that I normally wouldn't have had the time to do because I was so in my masculine energy of building a business and training clients and figuring out new streams of income like it allowed me to kind of take a step back and allow the universe and god to guide me rather than me feeling like i was the one leading the situation and in that time i kind of isolated that's that's a tendency i have i don't know about any of you out there but whenever i'm growing or changing or transforming I tend to cocoon and protect myself and protect my energy and I kind of go into this isolated ball where I kind of break and I kind of unfold and I, I think that when you're changing and you're transforming, you kind of have to isolate only because otherwise other people's influences will impact your decisions and then they become rather than it being black and white, it becomes gray. And so the decisions that you make start to be based on other people's influence and projections onto you rather than what your soul truly wants and feels like it needs to do to fulfill its purpose. So I think within those two years, I changed a lot. Like who I was changed fundamentally. 
and I started to care less about what other people thought I should be and more about what I wanted to be. And through that process, I realized that, um, you know, a lot of my clients were moving out of the Bay Area. They were wealthy, well-connected clients and they were moving to different states and different areas and I wanted to help them. I wanted to be able to help them make the next step in their life and the next phase in their fam family's life the right one. And so I started learning about real estate and the market and I started learning about what people look for because I had never owned my own home. My parents did, but they didn't really share that process with us. And so I started to learn what it took to buy a property or get funding or fix your financial situation so that you are able to purchase a home. And I wanted to be able to help other people move from one phase of their life into the next phase, whether that be a first time home buyer who's buying their first home or clients who are on their third or fourth home and they wanted to make a smart decision either for their family or for their investment so that it would have a return in the future in terms of resale. And also, I really was excited about learning about investment properties and long-term rentals and all of those things also really interested me. So I decided what the heck, I'll get my real estate license. So I got my real estate license and I joined a small brokerage, a local brokerage. And again, everyone thought I was crazy. Uh, anytime I've made any changes in my life, they usually come out of nowhere to the public eye, even though I internally pray on it and I sleep on it and I meditate on it and I journal about it. And I always make sure that the decision is coming from within, but everybody else is usually like, what the heck is this girl doing now? Like she just got her personal training business under control. She moved to a new city. Like, why is she always making these changes? These are the questions I got from people in my life. Um, the only people who really understood was my mom or my mom and my sister because they know my personality. They know they've seen me go through things and they've seen me come out on the other side better than how I went into these challenges. But everybody else most of the time thinks I'm crazy. And so here I am. I've been doing real estate for a little bit over a year. I've had a few transactions under my belt. I'm on this wonderful team that has so many people who are so like-minded and um, driven and successful in their own, you know, because there's a lot of different niches in real estate as well. There's a lot of different styles. There's a lot of different markets. And at Sotheby's, the thing that attracted me the most was that regardless of what was the realtor's way or style they're all successful they're hard-working individuals who have shown that they can um, make it in this industry and I think that they say you become the they say show me the five people you spend the most time with and those are going to be that's going to be your future and I think that's really important to always take into consideration when I was in the fitness industry I always wanted to be around different types of of high producing trainers. So I always wanted to be like, I always had a bodybuilder friend. I always had an athlete friend. I always had somebody who was in business and sales because all of those people added to my tool belt when I was building my own business. And so 
for real estate, it's the same thing. I want to be around people who are driven and motivated and don't settle. And I think that that's another hard part of life is when you do upgrade or you do take on a new challenge or you do move on to the next phase of your life, the hardest part that I've learned is that you have to let go of people who are in that previous phase. And those people may be loved ones, they may be family, it may be friends, it may even be relationships. And it could be cities, it could be jobs, but if you care about moving on and being ambitious and driven and moving on to the next phase, sometimes you can't take all of the things that were with you in the last phase. So this is my new phase of life and this is the first step of me on this new journey. I'm so, so, so excited to have recorded this. I have literally been wanting to do a podcast for years, but the timing just wasn't right and I really do feel like I have the right people around me and I have the right mindset and I really do hope that this podcast brings value and that my stories and experiences can help someone else feel like even if it feels like you're at the bottom and it feels like you're invisible or it feels like nobody sees you or your worth that if you keep pushing you can come out the other side and look back and know that they had no idea what they were talking about because you determine your value and you determine your worth. But in order to do that, you can't give up on yourself. You have to keep pushing. And I think that's the one thing about myself that's gotten me to this point is resilience. Every time I feel like I'm getting close to a wall, I reach. (laughs) You just have to claw your way out of it and there's always light on the other side of the tunnel. And I will always say to you, you have to come back to yourself and you have to come back to silence and peace and quiet and your God or your prayer or your spirituality, whatever is inside of you is inside of you for a reason. And it is your guidance. It tells you what to do, but you have to be quiet and you have to listen. And so this podcast is my guiding light and I'm just so excited. So thank you for tuning in and listening to this. Um, I'm looking forward to the next one and I will see you then. Bye.